This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Let me bang, I bang. do let you bang. Let me bang the Let you bang. 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 For your favorite mixed martial arts podcast, recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I like this new treadmill thing I'm doing. I feel like I'm... I was going to say, you're on the treadmill right now. That's great. Well, I just feel like when I'm on stage, I'm, I'm standing up and that's when I'm at my best. And then I do podcasts and I'm sitting down and I just feel like I don't, I'm not as funny as I am on stage. Not that you have to be funny all the time, but I just feel like I'm trained to be funny. Like, I'm just not one of these comics that can sit down on the stool. Like some comics do that. And I just, I, I, that's just not me. I just can't. It's not me either. I can't do that. I would, I should probably should. It'd probably be better for me if I did. But yeah, I can't. I, I, I just don't feel like I'm performing. I feel like I'm just sitting there talking. I think like Chappelle did it and does it well because it's Chappelle. And then it just, it spurs this whole fucking group of comedians that want to be. And I'm like, guys, these people paid like, you know, you can't stand up for 10 minutes, 15 minutes out of your fucking day. You can't stand up to talk to people. Um, um, especially when you're bombing on their stool with their like notebook out. And I'm just like, Ugh. but you know, that's a pet peeve. Um, but it was good seeing you Saturday night. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. That crowd was, I mean, that that one guy in the crowd, you made the best of it. But man, that guy was annoying. There was like some drunk mm. dude that was just yelling stuff at everybody. Um, yeah. I think it's COVID. I think COVID people just like, they don't know how to act in public still. Even though- Not just that. They, they, they stopped obeying all traffic laws. <laughs> like, because, you know, during COVID, you know, there's no one else on the road. So people, you know, they, they see a red light, they'll be like, what the fuck am I stopped for? They keep going. Now they're just still running red lights and yeah. blasting through stop signs. And just, I mean, it's unbelievable the way just all all bets are off, like all rules, all sense of everything, the road uh, being out and just interpersonal, con- everything. It's like people have just abandoned what social constructs we had before. And it's it seems like we can't put them back in place. Nothing like is people just don't want to do it. Nothing when you're on the 405 and all of a sudden you're on the Fast and the Furious and these fucking people just start weaving. Like they're having some yeah. And I'm like, I'm you're, they're doing like 110 or something around you and weaving in and out or on motorcycles. And I'm like, you, you guys know how this is going to end, right? You know how, yeah. you know what's going to happen here. It's almost like I'm like, stop making those movies because morons can't watch a movie and realize they're not Vin Diesel and The Rock and they feel yeah. like it's go time at 1130 at night. And you're just like, uh. but a lot of it is California. I mean, I was in CVS one time 
I think like about a year ago, and people were just taking stuff. I mean, taking bags and bags of stuff and walking out. <laughs> and and I, yeah, people just gave up. It's like we can't. It's like you know the the. It's like guys, just the rules still apply. Well, you I know, asked the guy I, I just counter, proved like, one of those I, things that you know you the rules only apply if there's enforcement. So if there's no enforcement, people just don't care anymore. Well, I asked the guy behind the counter. I'm like, you're not going to call the police. He goes, they're not going to come. Uh, and then we got Gavin Newsom going to run for president. I'm like, come on, dude. I know I, that guy's the worst. I mean, because he just looks like a greaseball politician. <laughs> like it's like, come, come on, dude. California is a shithole right now. It, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, you can't leave your house without. I don't know like, if it's just California. You're right. It's, it's just not, where we are. But I'm not, seeing this everywhere. You, you think so? You think like in Oklahoma? And, yes. They're shooting places up everywhere, man. This shit isn't, you know, I mean, <sighs> people losing their people losing their sense of reality is not exclusive to California. You're right. You're absolutely right. But I don't think Gavin, I'm not voting for Gavin Newsom. I don't know who I'm voting for, but it's not. No, he's not going to get anywhere. Nobody's going to, he's not going to win anything. Meanwhile, I took my, my wife wanted to go on date night. We got to go on date night. You know, we got to do that. It does make the relationship better. So we always go see the bands that I like, whether it's the Smashing Pumpkins or the, you know, you know, Motley Crue or Keith Sweat, whatever. And I always have to show her the behind the music specials to even know who they are. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, my wife likes like that whole all American rejects, you know, that whole yeah. genre of music that didn't have a bass, you know, like, like eh, you know, but they were good. I mean, looking back compared to the stuff now, they're great. I mean, like the killers and the, all, all those people. So we went to go see the Ataris, right? Which mm -hmm. they have one big song, which was the Boys of Summer, which is a cover song. It's like their big hit was the Eagle. A cover of, yeah, of Don Henley. Right, right, right. Yeah. But all right, we go there and, you know, it was, uh, we had, we had like, I bought like, you know, $20 tickets and, and, and we were sitting in the wrong seats and the lady didn't even, it was like this big black woman. She said, let me see a ticket. She goes, all right, just stay here. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome. But the guy goes up there and really, it seems like a nice guy, the lead singer of the Ataris. Just, you know, there was a good band, good, good, solid band. But the guy's like, oh, this song I wrote this. And he's explaining to everyone why he wrote every song, right? And he's like, so I got this uh, this letter from this woman that was going to kill herself. And, and she was super depressed. So I wrote this song for her. And, uh, you know, I have depression and I have anxiety. Who here has depression? People are like, woo! I'm like, we're now cheering for depression? Like, this is a... <laughs> Like, this can't be like this is how far we've come. Like these fucking emo bands are like, who has anxiety? Woo! I'm like, uh, clearly this is ridiculous, right? And then before, but they were good. Before them, a band called Save Ferris. You hear Save Ferris? Mm -hmm. They're like a, it was like a ska band. And the woman was kind of attractive woman with red hair. She's had like 97 members of the band. Like I because I went on I I went on Wikipedia. I'm like, who? And it just had like she was sued for using. Anyway, she goes up there, and I guess that one of their big things they were in Ten Things They Hate About You. That was like they were they were in the movie and one of the scenes, and and she's like, I wrote, you know, I dedicate this song to my ex uh, Heath Ledger, who uh, who who he liked me, but I didn't like him, so he killed himself. Ha ha ha! And everyone's like, which I guess was a joke, but <laughs> oh like, wow! 
Sounds I mean, like a great show. At a certain point, like just play the. Fuck I get it. I get it though. My wife, she's into DJ stuff, you know. Uh, she wants to go see Cascade and fucking Dead Mouse and all these acts. I uh, can't fucking stand, you know, because it's like it's just a DJ. And half the time, you know, if it's one of those ones in the hat, you know, and like a, you don't even know if it's them, you know. I mean, Daft Punk started it, and then they Dead Mouse and Marshmallow and all these guys, and it's like we don't even know if that's him. That could be anybody. No, and they're pressing. They're not even. They're not even. Like, and they're not exactly. I, oh my god! And I love watching them pretend like they're doing something. They're twisting little knobs and everything, and I'm like, nothing. You did nothing. That did nothing. Nobody did. And you have one important knob, and that's the fader. And like, unless you're. Unless you're like literally like doing scratching and stuff like that, oh, yeah. or really mix hand, you know, mixing the the the, the off two different deck or whatever, then then maybe. But most of the time, it's a no. fucking charade, and, and I, I just can't stand it. And we're just looking at them, DJ. We're looking at someone fucking press buttons. I'm like, what the fuck are we looking at right here? Like it drives me fucking bananas. But that's what my wife likes, so I let her go to that with her best friend. <laughs> no, I mean, at least back in the day when I used to go to the Horde Festival with Dave Matthews. Yeah, and, like, sure. With a girl and meet a girl and make out with her. And you're at, at those raves and DJs, the girls, you, you couldn't even hope, you couldn't even talk to anybody. It was so fucking loud. You couldn't like meet anybody. I mean, maybe back. Yeah, in but everyone was on good drugs. You could definitely hook up. That, I was. I hooked up more of the DJ shows than I ever did at fucking the festival shows. Really? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember kissing I, girls, but like I, I barely got that. It was just like girls with no those D, those DJ uh, jams because you know everyone was on Molly or ecstasy and shit like that. That was oh yeah, fucking that was that was definitely more of a hookup jam for uh, me. Uh, you know, I guess that was when I you know they needed those kind of drugs for me to be good looking. Uh, <laughs> you were you were you were a good looking dude. You could score at a rock concert. I was I was definitely I didn't score that much at rock shows, but I will say that when they used to have festival shows. You knew most of the bands. Like, I mean, there were a few earlier bands that were maybe the one hit guys or just oh, almost nothing. And then, but, and it would slowly build and more and more. But I mean, you know, there were always four to five bands that you knew very, very well. Yeah. Now there's one band you know well, and then just a cavalcade of who? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know any of them. I mean, maybe they have a hit on. SoundCloud or something like I'm not I'm not doing deep dives anymore, guy. Like I I just I it seems like I I I don't feel like I'm that out of it. Like I still listen to to you know yeah. uh, as much modern music as I can. You know, it's one of the reasons I pay for all that stuff so I can hear artists that I wouldn't normally you know listen to those stations or whatever. So I listen to it and then I go look at these festival items. I'm like, who the fuck are all these guys? No, nah, they like have, this they is have it, they give you one good act and then everybody else I've never even never even heard of. Like it's I don't know. It seems like the though, idea of a festival has really kind like, of gone down the tubes. I went to like a 90s R&B and it was Color Me Bad, but it was like the fourth member and three different guys. And oh. I was like, they just, I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know, it's like saying. They were mad to begin with. Now they're really mad. Color Me Really, Really Bad. Um, meanwhile, so I with my daughter the other day and we're in a car and I'm driving her and I'm like, hey, this is where me and your mom used to live. She goes, where was I? And I go, oh, you, you were in mom's belly. And she starts laughing. She goes, why'd mom eat me? <laughs> <laughs> 
dude, then I'm like, I'm always like, because you taste like chicken. That's very obvious. There it is. <laughs> of course. Um, meanwhile, all she does is say, ask, say my, ask him my name. What's your name? Pudding Tang. Ask me again. I'll say the same. This goes on all fucking day. And I'm just like, oh, God. I'm like, stop. Stop. She gets these little things in her head that like make me annoyed and then annoys me. But anyway, so I always like, it used to be before shows, I'd, I'd be on Tinder or whatever, Bumble. Now I'm like, Things mommy and me, mommy poppins, you know, anything that like to take the kid tomorrow. So I'm on it on. I'm at the comedy of magic. Was it Friday night, Thursday night? I'm looking for things to do. And it was like Easter egg hunt with the kids. So that's that's cute. Uh, fairy tale land. Auschwitz exhibit. And I, I'm like, why is this in things to do with with kids? Auschwitz exhibit like for a four year old. <laughs> I got to explain the Holocaust like. <laughs> like, well, you are Jewish. I mean, it's never too young for them to know, you know, what really happened. I don't know. Yeah, that it's considered a family thing. I guess I don't. I mean, many what? family. <laughs> like what? Who put this in there? I'm like, you gotta be uh, every joke I'm thinking of is just horrible. Just say oh, it, but God. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, and uh. <laughs> I'm waiting for Don. Where the fuck is Don? Don, you coming? So uh, my internet's uh, not working. Uh, right, we ride into town. Uh, I'll come you up at like one fifteen. Where are you guys, Don? It was an hour. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hit me up next week. Okay, okay, no problem, Don. Um, so then, uh, you ever like things? Just like you think about something and then you just forget about it. Well, now because of TikTok, my memory. Like shit that I didn't even think about. So remember Guns N' Roses had a, they had a, uh, I think they came back in like 2001. And then Jimmy Fallon was like, Guns N' Roses at the Music Awards. And everyone, and it was just Axel. It wasn't even the band, right? Right, right. They had a guy named Buckethead. Remember Buckethead? He had no. a bucket on his head. And, oh and he had long black hair. And he looked like Slash, and he wore like a leather thing, and, it, and then he put like not Slash. He wrote that on the thing, not Slash, because everyone's like, oh, that's Slash, but it was not. So this guy was like a pretty famous guitar, in like the guitar circles, Buckethead was a pretty big guitarist, right? So of course, on my TikTok feed, I'm now following Buckethead, right? For some reason, I got Buckethead on my TikTok, and I go, what the fuck happened to Buckethead? So now... It's, it, yes, last night, I'm doing a deep dive on what happened to Buckethead, right? <laughs> like this... How this will improve my life, it will not, right? So I go, why did he leave Guns N' Roses? It got even weirder. So, uh, I'm, all right, so what's the name says he's trying? Uh, Don Fry says he's trying. So he joined Guns N' Roses because Axel saw him and said, hey, man, why don't you come join the band, right? But then, of course, they, they weren't recording, blah, 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 blah. So he was so frustrated, he made the band put a chicken coop in the recording studio so he could masturbate to porn. And get inspired, right? So, <laughs> what did the wait, 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 wait? These things don't add up. What does the how does the chicken coop relate to the porn? <laughs> he wanted a chicken coop to watch porn in, and they actually built this forum in his studio. Like I, uh, okay, uh, and and then right I, and again, then, I just don't understand how those two things go together. But okay. And then Axel came in and was like horrified because I guess it all happened when he wasn't there. 
So he can't, yeah. he's like, why is there a chicken coop and why is he jerking off the porn? Um, and then he only talked through a sock puppet. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so I um, was really what he just committed to the character. You got to <laughs> give him that. <laughs> I feel like we got to get him on the podcast. I want to know what that sock was used for <laughs> other than being a puppet. Sounds like he's jerking off in the sock and putting it on his hand. What's up, people? Support for MMA Roasted is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, which are very important, especially to our people watching. Well, to everybody, really. But Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million people worldwide. Okay, who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, which is 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MMA Roasted at manscaped.com. My math is correct. That's about 16 million balls. That's a lot of balls, people. Lots and lots of balls. Okay, listen, I've been using the Performance Package 4.0, it's a game changer. Okay. I remember before I used to use scissors or I would use a razor. I've cut my balls and that is not fun. Okay. I've scraped them. I, people thought I had STDs. I just had all kinds of just, just terrible things. All right. Just horrible stuff on my nuts. Okay. And uh, thanks to Manscaped, it's all taken care of. Okay. First of all, first off, the lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer is the future of grooming. And dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. I tried lots of ball trimmers, okay? I, I plucked them out. I, I Hasn't been good, okay? But um, this trimmer is waterproof, and you can say goodbye to the mess in the bathroom floor, okay? You, my wife comes in. She's hair everywhere. She's like, what's going on? It looked like a, somebody ran over a, a Furby or something, okay? Listen, Manscaped is, is the way to go, okay? Time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off. And free shipping with the code MMA Roasted. Okay, that's 20% off. Free shipping. Use the code MMA Roasted at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code MMA Roasted. Unlock your confidence. Okay, let your balls out. Okay, you, uh, you take home a girl for the first night or your wife or a guy, whatever you're into, they could be like, wow, this person takes care of you. You don't want stinky nuts. All right, you don't want women to pass out and just have all kind of funk down there. Not good, okay? I used to look like Ben Askren down there. Girls would be like, is that Askren? Because it would just be just lots of hair everywhere. <sighs> yeah, it was like it was like Chase Hooper down on my nutsack. Not good, okay? Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Check it out. Don Fry, what's going on? I'm good. I'm good where I miss. Oh, uh, so well, we talked about... Uh, who's, who's jerking off? So there was a guy in Guns N' Roses for a while named Buckethead, but it wasn't Guns N' Roses, it was Axel. He was a guitar player that Axel liked, so he, and, he, and he wore a KFC bucket on his head and a, and a Jason leather mask, right? And Axel liked him. He only joined the yeah. band because Axel got him the, the mask. They went to Disneyland, and he signed the contract in the haunted house, right, of like Disneyland, right? So then, for some reason, Axel wasn't showing up to rehearse right. So he uh, he made them build him a chicken coop in the studio where he jerked off to porn, and that's how he got inspired to to write music. 
And then Axel came in and was like, what's going on? He was horrified uh, oh, as well. Man. And he only talked through a sock puppet. The guy's name is Buckethead. Uh, but he's still playing. Um, he's, he's a great guitarist. But I guess they said he has a tough time interacting with people, um, being in like a band situation. So uh, that's what you made. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And R Axel Rose was terrified of something. That's yeah, Axel, Axel Rose was creeped out. Yeah, yeah. Axel Rose was like, why is it? He didn't feel comfortable about his music being inspired by porn. Uh, Sean, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Can you hear me? And, yeah. And he right. won't come on this show? <laughs> <laughs> he should. His music, he didn't like music inspired by porn. He only liked music inspired by cocaine and heroin. So, Sean, I'll give you a, a brief update yes, on what, yes. uh, what you missed so far on the show, right? I took my uh, wife to go see the Ataris over the weekend. Uh, they 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 have that song, Boys of Summer. Uh, but while they were up there, uh, the, the guy was reading a a, a note saying the, the this song is inspired by this woman who had depression. I have anxiety and depression. Who here has depression? And people were like, "Woo!" So that that, that was that was weird. They all slit their throat. They all slit their throat. They all slit their throat. <laughs> then then there was a band called Save Ferris, who was in 10 Things I Hate About You. This woman who was like kind of hot, it was like a ska band, went up there and she was like, oh, this song was dedicated to my ex-boyfriend who I dumped because I didn't like him, so he killed himself. Heath Ledger. Uh, and like, that was her joke. So... <laughs> uh, I thought it was a true story at first. I was like, wow, I didn't know that's why. That's pretty... <laughs> So that was that was pretty dark. Uh, and then um, I went to go take I was looking at things to do with my kid. Right. And they had like Easter Bunny exhibit. They had fairy tale and they had Auschwitz exhibit was somehow in the book uh, of things to do this weekend. Like, I'm not really sure why. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I guess it depends on if you're a Nazi or not. That might be a might be something you'd want to remember on the holiest weekend. I don't know. It's a little odd. So that, and then followed by, there was a guy in Guns N' Roses named Buckethead. Remember, remember Buckethead? I do so not. He, no. was a, he was the guitar player who wore a KFC bucket on his head. And he and he wrote not Slash on it. He thought he was Slash. So anyway, he was in Guns N' Roses for like two years. Axel liked him. But he was kind of a weird guy. So he said he was going to quit the band unless they built a chicken coop for him in the studio so he could watch porn. So he was jerking off to porn in the chicken coop. And um, this bothered Axel, and then he only talked through a sock puppet. So that's right. Yeah, that definitely does not sound like slack. So I don't know that the I don't know that the sign was necessary. I don't think I don't think any of that anybody's going to confuse with anything Slash was doing. So, <laughs> so before we get to the fights, uh, did you watch? Are you guys are all caught up on the whole Bud Light situation? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they put this. But I've not seen it. I've not seen that. Not worried. All right. So I'm not in a hurry to either. So Bud Light has a. They have a, a new campaign where they with had, Buckethead. Oh no! With, so they sponsored <laughs> this like they sponsored this transgender, this famous, this like influencer guy, influencer who well, the one who went to the White House. Chicken lips. Um. <laughs> so she chicken lips. Her name is Chicken Lips. And, or her. Her. And then they redecorated. Know. They redecorated the whole Bud Light cans to in a very gay way, right? To be to celebrate. Uh, anyway, so people people well, got Budweiser. What do you expect? So people got very upset. Um, uh, 
uh kid rock took his uh his like <laughs> what was it assault rifle yeah that was awesome that was great i love that started shooting up bud lights machine gun yeah his machine gun and then uh they got started banned from all these country tours saying supposedly they lost 800 million dollars right um in like a week uh too bad too bad what exactly did they do i don't i don't know what did bud light do i know there's a transgender person but i don't know what they did uh greg what I thought they just like sponsored him or something, they or sponsored him, but then they the... also, I guess, they redecorated the cans. Uh, but the, the they have well, these cans are definitely not gay enough. We have to go, we have to go a step gayer. So, so, um, so I saw the interview on TikTok, which has now been pulled, of the VP of marketing on Bud Light, the woman who made this decision, right? And uh, do you want to hear why she did it? She should be fired. They they should run her out of town, you know. And uh, she should be drinking. Uh, she's drinking uh, fruit, fruit, um, Perrier uh, seltzer water. Uh, Greg, do you want, do you want to hear why she did it? Her sure. Home? You know I do. All right. So here we go. Can you can you can you guys see? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Business internet. You right, choose the on. largest, fastest. Oh, we're getting a good commercial right now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Sorry about that. Make your Hopefully business. that'll be over soon. All right. So you guys can see, right? Everything. Yeah. Company. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. I think number one. Have, you know, I'm a business. You guys see? I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light, and it was this brand is in decline. You're a fucking idiot. For a really long time. And if we do not attract young it tastes like piss. this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. Oh, where'd she go? Oh, hey, that's it? No. It's like we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my what I brought to that was a belief in... Okay, what is what do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a can. Did she do those paintings herself? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm like lighter and lighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is it sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of bratty kind of out of touch humor and it was really important that we had another approach but anyway listen i'm not going to pretend that there isn't so much more work to do from a business results perspective and of course from a representation perspective but i feel like you you have to put your money where you're not and and elevate it and bring in new consumers so that's been incredibly important to me Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's lost eight billion. I, I mean, the number the number is insane. I mean, you have to know your audience. You know, um, I'm just glad she's not pretending there's not more work still to be done. Because I thought after that ad campaign, it was over. Like, well, I guess their job is done. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got, I got. Yeah, but at the end of the day, some jerk off over at Anheuser Busch fucking signed off on it. Somebody was like, yeah, that's. That's exactly where Bud Light needs to go. We need it. We need to weigh in on the trans controversy. 
And there is a part. And here's the the other thing, though, the fact that everyone's talking about it, the fact that Kid Rock did the thing. I mean, behind closed doors, there's got to be a part of them that's smiling, going, gotcha. You know, uh, we got you to talk about us. Yeah, until we they got back into the conversation. dollar loss. Well, exactly. And then there's the yeah, other part, the which is like, yeah, is people talk, you know, I hate that statement that there's no such thing as bad publicity. I think there definitely is. You know, yeah. if, if people get, yeah. if you piss everybody off, just because they're talking about you, isn't it? They're talking about you for the wrong reasons. You know, you don't want people talking about you for that. You want them to say, hey, and, it's, and like she said, they were known for kind of this bratty kind of, you know, juvenile comedy. Yeah, because it's Bud Light. There's nothing important about Bud Light. It's for poor kids. You know, it's for people who just want to cheat beer to get drunk on in the middle of the afternoon. There's nothing, you know, it isn't an erudite craft beer. It's fucking Bud Light. It's fucking piss water. Like, yeah, be fun. They should have just stuck with what got them there, which is just be funny. Just make some jokes. Have a good time. Be light. Be, you know, I mean, they, they, them weighing in on this country was the dumbest fucking thing. The $8 billion richer. So I guess, they, yeah. I guess yeah. they made a video with the guy on the cover. The trans uh, uh, person was on the cover of the of the, <laughs> and then, <laughs> but I, I mean, you're right, Greg. I mean, somebody had to be the be the say no. We can't do this, guys. We have to totally like that's just not who we are. I mean, it's why not just, be like you could be like, yeah, we agree. I mean, we're all for that, but we're fucking Bud Light. But aren't there any focus groups anymore? Because if they would have taken a hundred average Bud Light drinkers and say, what do you guys think of this? I, they could have had their, you know, they could have. I just, just think that's such a desperate move, you know, to try and, you know, to, to try and weigh in on this. Like, are you that desperate? Like, fuck, Jesus. How stupid are you? Oh, it's so funny though. I mean, it's like, so I guess this was part of, uh, Sean, this was the, the, this was the can, I guess. Hold on. Let me see the can uh, right here. All I'm seeing is just, it looks like it's just, she's holding a can. That's but all. No, but, like, then, but then she's on it too. She's on, she's on the can. She's on the can. <laughs> taking, taking a shit. <laughs> well, I was going to say, which can? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's just dumb. They just stuck their nose with something. They have no business getting involved. I'll tell with. you, it's if just they put. If they put Don Fry on the cover of Bud Light. Listen, now you're selling Bud Light beer, my man. And of course. And, <laughs> and, just, and not even all of Don, just a mustache. You, put honestly, a stash on a can and that's it. You're selling a billion of them. It just doesn't make any sense. No, you know? Don Fry, Tekiyama, this is the commercial. A 30 second yeah. fight. Uh, just them just fucking this. Yeah. And then, and then and afterwards, like, Don drinking a Bud Light. Totally. Don just cracks one. And then now, now that's your more That's who you're talking to. Now you this guys like, so dumb. And then you go taking it back to when men were men or something. You know, something where like, something where like, they, all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah, or something. You know, there's, there, there were other yeah, ways. There's easier ways to kill brain cells and then not drink a Bud Light. Like, or if you had yeah, that. Or, or I can't afford better either. You know? 
Or if you had the trans, <laughs> you had the trans girl, you had the transgender girl drinking uh, Don Fry, uh, Bud Light can. <laughs> you got to you got to merge. You got you got you got to work with each other here. You know? now, if she drank, I see that girl. If the trans girl drank the Bud Light with Don Fry on it, then you know the next. I'm not even. Come on, you guys. Jesus Christ. All right. So Israel versus Pereira. And now, uh, oh, this is that's right. We're an MMA show. So. I kind of look. I, I I called it. I call a lot of fights wrong, so I'm not going to even take credit for this. But man, I I have weird thoughts about this fight because he was losing the fight. He seemed like he was getting his ass kicked on his way to lose it. But then there's a a video of him watching exactly where he was going. I know what to do. That came out like a couple days before when he was in that position. I don't know if he was playing possum. I don't think he was. You don't want to play possum against against Pereira. At the same time, they got to do a third one now because it's one to one. Absolutely, amazing fight, and they both. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts on the fight? I thought he suckered him in, man. He didn't. Uh, I actually not like I knew it was coming, but he didn't look hurt to me when he backed up against the cage, and I thought, man, if he doesn't keep his hands up, he's getting he's going to get dropped because he didn't. Uh, Stylebender didn't look hurt to me, but he looked like he was covering up and just. Suckering him into, you know, uh, dropping his hands and uh, he uh, he paid for it, man. I'll tell you what. And plus, he landed two right hands in a row, both of them pretty nasty. So the first one rocked him, the second one put him out. So it's rare a lot of times to land two solid ones straight in a row like that. But he definitely suckered him into it for sure, man. He he thought he had him hurt and uh, he was wrong, apparently. Don, thoughts on the fight? I thought the style better did a great job. Outsmarted me. I didn't think he had it. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. that guy, like, like, you know, his opponent. How do you say his name? Pahaya. Yeah, yeah. The guy he looked like a killer. I mean, he. But he's he's uh, is he have three fights or four fights over style better? He he's got three. He he's got three. Two, he's got two in kickboxing. Oh, the first one you could argue he lost. He knocked him out the second time, and Don's gone. And he uh, lost Don. Uh, Greg. <laughs> uh, Greg. Talks- I'm glad, listen, I'm glad we got something out of him before he left. Uh, listen, man. I think, and I said that now. Obviously, I thought Izzy was going to win the fight. I, you know, the only doubt I had was because of what happened to Usman. Yeah. And then I'm watching them walk in, and I texted you guys. I'm like. He looks like a man not sure he's going to win. I mean, he definitely had a little doubt in his eyes. Like, fuck, I got to show what up. Did which I might be back? A- what did I text you back? I don't remember. What did you text you back? He's going to win. Well, I still thought he was going to win, but he didn't look 100% confident about it. Like, I expected him to come in. He, he looked like this guy, like he wasn't 100% sure. Now, when they got into it, I felt like he was, you know, he knew he was letting him come at him. He was letting him come in, which I thought was the right move. After watching Usman chase the other guy around, I thought he did the right thing, letting him come at him. Yes, you come at me. You come at me. But that exchange they got into Either one of them could have gotten knocked out of that exchange. Yeah, you're right. If he walks into yeah. Bahia's right hand in the, the same way that, that Bahia walked into his, that ends two but seconds hands earlier were up, in the other Izzy's direction. Hands were up, though. The other guy's hands it doesn't up. matter. It doesn't matter. That was a firefight they got into. And in one of those firefights, they were going to have skirmishes like that throughout the fight. I think Izzy realized he couldn't sit there and just let him fire at him. He had to fire back. Caught him, and basically he caught. I mean, I went back and watched the first fight. Is he dominated the first fight? Yeah. Okay. For yeah. four rounds, he dominated that fight, and then got caught. 
I think at this one, he felt his confidence coming at him. He allowed him to come at him. And he realized when that started, he was like, I have to, and he took his shot and he landed. But now, it could have gone either way. It absolutely could have gone either way in that firefight. One of those lands for Bahia, and it, it could have been a different outcome. Now, I'll tell you what I didn't like. And then what I did like was after he won, right? I, look, I understand the whole bow, arrow. That's kind of cool, a cool image. When he started taunting his kid. Now, if you don't know, his kid, when he got knocked out, I think in the kickboxing fight, his little kid jumped in the ring and started laying down next to him, did like an impression of him. And the kid, the kid was probably like six years old or six, it was a, it was a child, right? Still not good. If I'm, if I'm the parent, I'm saying, Hey man, we gotta, we gotta win with class. We gotta lose with class. We don't mock our opponents, especially cause you're not the one getting punched. I am. <laughs> and uh, right. so the kid was wrong for doing that. I didn't like that from the kid at all. Now, Israel then pointed at the kid. Six at years him. old. Yeah. He's six years old. What does he know? Come on. You know, when you're six years old, you know, you shouldn't. If a guy's knocked out, you don't go in there and taunt him while he's laying there. Uh, um, <laughs> George Masvidal didn't know when he knocked out Asker. And he was 36 all the time. <laughs> I did that all the time on the playground, buddy. <laughs> what you were knocking kids out in the playground? How old were you? Like forty? Like, like, <laughs> but they were playing cowboys and Mexicans. Okay, give, well, give you one guess which side Don was on. <laughs> it was Border Patrol and Mexicans. Uh, but right. you know, yeah, take advantage of the situation when it presents itself. Now, so do you think that Izzy was right in taunting the kid after he won this time? Do I? Yeah, Sean. I, I didn't know that was even a real thing. Did that really happen? Yeah, I that really that happened. Joke. No, that really happened. He, I thought he was just mimicking his dad going out. Yeah, no, I thought he was no. just fucking kid, what's his dad? No, he admitted to it. He said the kid, he goes, the kid did it to me, and hopefully his dad beat oh, his dad the first time. So he pointed oh, to the kid okay. in the crowd and started mocking the, while the kid was crying because he just saw his dad get knocked. Yeah, I thought, that was, I thought that was a joke. Like I thought people were just joking with a meme no. on that. No. no, he really did do that. That's awesome. So you're all for taunting the kid back? <laughs> well, it's this? a little much, I think, but it's <laughs> – I mean, what would Terry Silver do, right? I guess. I don't know. That's, that's what I'm telling in my There was life. clearly a lot of pent-up emotion for Adesanya in that win. I mean, yeah. it wasn't just – I mean, he was regaining his title. It was beating the guy that beat him three times in a row. He was getting revenge for the humiliation. He threw the – I mean, yeah, listen. Right, uh, you know, way, for us to sit here and act like we would be better people than that would, in that moment, would, I think – right. I, uh, I think that's a bullshit argument. I think, you know – you don't know how you would react until you're in that guy's shoes. And that's just, listen, he, he felt the need to do it and he did it. All right. By the way, if you guys missed it, Sean said, what would Terry Silver do? And he's quoting a guy from the Karate Kid 3, uh, the guy with the ponytail, who went out and, and like bought a dojo and ruined the high school kid's life on cocaine uh, and, then, and then came back in Cobra Kai. So this is this is Sean's life coach. This is who he bases his right. life. Uh, what would Terry Silver do? Like th that There wasn't anyone right. that thought he was uh, going to refer to anyone legitimate right there. You hear Terry Silver? I thought he was talking about a porn star. I no, was like, uh, no, it's a make-believe character. <laughs> In the Isn't that on t-shirts? Isn't that on t-shirts? What would Terry Silver do? I think no, it might but, be. No, but it, it, it definitely should be. So, so Don, how did you? What did you think about him uh, taunting the the, the uh, Perhera's son? I, I didn't know anything about 
about it. So I just thought he was, uh, you know, being a dipshit, you know, after the fight. I understand he's extremely excited, you know, and uh, that he got his win back after three or four losses to the to the guy. So I completely understand that. But I, I was not aware that the six-year-old child taunted him so that he had to go back and taught a six-year-old child to feel even. Um, now, at the same time... I would love to say that I would be above taunting a child. <laughs> <laughs> but we all know that's not true. Oh, so if that, if right. that opportunity presented itself to me, I'd be like, hey, kid, look at your dad. I, I can't. I, I, I listen. I, I, I would. I, I would be that dick. I'm sorry. I, I know, totally get it. Yeah, we we know we know how you we know how you responded when that Goldstein kid got a bigger laugh at uh, Seth's bar mitzvah, you know, two years ago, and uh, <laughs> it, you 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 slapped him down. Um, spraying out the garden hose. Okay. Um, what is he talking? Very specific. I'm completely lost. I don't know. I have no idea what that was about. I'm like searching my way. Do I know these people? Did I do that? All right. So we have. Okay. So we. All right. So the first time he knocked me out in Brazil. All right. So we have. I will explain to you why he he got back at the kid. Uh, We have the video. Zoom. Good work, dude. Uh, I got it. That was probably that's probably more important to him than getting the win back. Hold on. So right here, can you guys see? Yes. Yeah. It starts off with him saying, I'm petty, bro. Okay, so here we go. All right. Uh, play. Why is this not working? All right. I got you it. didn't hit play. You got to hit play. Uh, thank you. you. Hit the wrong. I remember. There so you. He knocked me out in Brazil. Um, his son came into the ring and then started to just lie dead next to me. And I'm like, you. I'll whoop your ass if your dad don't do it for you. But then, um, yeah, I looked for his kid and I, I pointed at him. <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey, hey. Just to remind them, I saw him backstage. We're cool. He's a great champion. He's a warrior. He is his story, bro. I mean that. He's, I'm the antagonist in his story. He's beast, man. Coming from where he's come from, the adversities he's been through in his life to get to where he's get he's got he's gotten now and taking me out the way he has. A beautiful story for him. But like I said tonight, it's not about his story. It's about my story, which is history. If this was an anime, that kid now becomes a fighter and comes. <laughs> Bro, I'm <laughs> hey man, if you can crawl, we can brawl. I'm petty, bro. <laughs> if you can crawl, we can brawl. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, and... <laughs> put that on a t-shirt too. I, you know, I'm starting to like this guy. Listen, he owned it too. And I saw that thing, that exchange he had with backstage where he's like look you're a champion that was amazing you did great and i okay so look i i you know people can have whatever opinions yeah, they want to have. No, he, I, it's not like he, it's not like he got up there and tried to justify it and say oh i didn't really i was pointing it to, no he got up there and goes look i'm petty bro the kid what i don't like though. To me, Re- so Reg, i threw it in I, the kids Greg, here's what i don't like i i totally get it and i think adesanya i hung out with him really nice guy i told you my kids spill drinks all over him and i was at, at the award show and i'm like sorry he's like kids bro i go yeah he goes not that i know of he was <laughs> such a fucking nice guy like, <laughs> he said kids just wait it's coming <laughs> it's, you gotta, now you gotta look out for your daughter getting something spilled on her in five years but he was a real nice guy to both me and my dad he took pictures with every single person there's a line of people that wanted pictures with him 
took a picture with every guy. Like he's a nice guy. But when you knock somebody out and they're out cold, right? There is to me, you don't know. You could have done ter- the guy might never get up. You could have fucking brain damage. You could have killed him. Like not that it's happened, but it's happened. Not in the ring, whatever. So when the Masvidal lays down next to Askren and goes one, two, three and gets up, or when this guy's laying there and you're over, to me there's like, I don't know. There is like a whole martial art element of it and a gamemanship. And Don Fry, you never did that, Don Fry. Did you ever knock anyone out or McCorkle and like lay down next to him and mock them? No, I'd be too afraid not to be able to get back up. Shit. <laughs> Dude, we're talking about people I that was, can't even I stop. I was always so glad the fight was over. I would have done that. anything. What was I that mean, I said, I was always so glad the fight was over. I didn't want to mock anybody. Like, whenever it was over, I was always so relieved. When you win, man, a fight, a lot of guys are happy. I was always just relieved. Like, relieved it was over, you know? Greg, I know you, man. Um, I, I know you as a person. And, and I know how you are with people that you, when you actually hurt them, like, hurt their feelings, whatever. You're, you have a huge heart. And Listen, I think- I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm saying, why are we <laughs> acting like we, we expect no, so I- much better from I, these people. No, listen, listen, he's a fighter and the emotional dump is huge. And, and playing, however yeah. he reacts is how he reacts. No, and I, I mean, see that. And, and playing devil's advocate, you make a huge hit in football. You could have just paralyzed. You celebrate. Or, you you know, you knock someone out. You're in the moment. I totally get it. But yeah, that, you're an eighth grade New but, England wrestling being, champ. First of all, four-time New England. But being <laughs> Ben Askren's friend, when Ben Askren was laying there. Four-time eighth grade. Fourth time, eighth grade champ. Fourth time, yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was seventeen. I wanted eighth grade. But Ben Askren, when he was laying there helpless, and Masvidal was next to him, there was something that. But he did a rest. That was the wrestling thing because he was a wrestler. But then he laid down next to him, like dum dum, and did the fake thing, and I was just like, "Come on, man, this dude could be fucking dead." Anyway, uh, speaking of Masvidal, Uh, at least he didn't hit him from behind. He's like Colby. I thought Masvidal. I thought he did better. Speaking of Masvidal, I thought he did better than I expected him to be against Gilbert Burns. The fight was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. And I hate to say it, but I think it's because Trump was there. I think that Masvidal (laughs) did not want to lose in front of Trump um, and picked it up an extra notch. I think he was like something about Trump being there. I think inspired him to fight the best of his ability, which still wasn't enough to get the win, but it was fucking close. That fight was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Sean, Don, Greg? I, I felt like he, he fought like he had nothing yeah. to lose, which he probably knew was going to be his last fight, but he, he totally. was out of shape, man. He was cast yeah. midway to the second, completely out of shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg? I, I thought he got dominated pretty squarely. And in fact, didn't he lose all three rounds on two of the judges' cards and one yeah. round on another? So it, to me, it wasn't close. I think he was lucky to survive the fight because he took some shots. Gilbert Burns put some put some shots on him. Yeah. I, was, I thought he was surprised he was able to scramble out of it and stay on his feet. So, I mean, listen, to me, he was lucky to finish. It was a decisive loss. And I think he knew he was going to lose and was ready to retire. He just, but I think you're right. I think he wanted to at least make it to the end so he could have his little speech, you know, about Trump. So, and he got it in there. So there you go, Don. Yeah, I mean he he got his ass handed to him, but you know President Trump showed up my fight. I'd fight hard too. I'd want to impress that man. You know, I mean, 
God damn, guy's the greatest president we ever had, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and he got he got robbed. And he got he got robbed from the uh, last last election. And so he, you know, President Trump knows what it means to get a success stolen from you. Don, in my mind, though, you're a lot more impressive than Trump, just for the record. Um, now, uh, Kevin Thank Holland, you. Kevin Holland versus Ponzinibbio. Holland is one of those guys where, like, he's so frustrating <laughs> because he wins all these fights that I think he's going to lose. He loses the ones I think he's going to win. He's just one of those guys. He got in a fight with Mosfidal, like, twice during the week. Someone wanted to take a picture with him. There's a video going around now of a guy checking. It says he checked his oil, which means sticking your finger up his ass. But it just seems like... I don't think that's what happened. I think what happened was he just didn't want to. The guy put his arm around Holland, and Holland said, "No, get a, don't put your don't touch me." The guy did it anyway, and Holland left because I think if the guy really put his finger up his ass, he would he would he would have decked him. I can't see you know, but there's a big video now going around saying, "Yeah, but you get in a lot of trouble for hitting Bruce Buffer." <laughs> Listen, no. we're ignoring the whole main part of the fight, which is when he goes. Do you smell weed? He said that during the, that during the fight. Yes, during the fight. He yeah. goes, "Yo, do you smell weed? I smell weed." And then the announcer going, "I think he just said, do you smell weed?'" And I gotta admit, I I do smell weed. It's quite palpable here tonight. As someone smoking weed, like that was the best part of the yeah, whole thing. Joe, it was Joe Rogan. Yeah. It was literally in the middle of an exchange. He's like, "Yo, man, you smell weed?" Like. I'm sorry. That was the greatest moment of the whole thing. That was super funny. And Ponza Nibio, come on, dude. Who are you? Jesus Christ. I, I think for me, that may be it. You know, uh, maybe it for Ponza Nibio. I don't, I don't know that he gets a lot of more chance. We may be seeing him in Bellator next. I don't know, because he's from, uh, I think he's from Argentina. And there aren't that many guys from Argentina. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where he's from. Or PFL or something like that. I just don't see how the, the UFC could keep giving him these shots. You know, because he's he does. No, I was, he's, I was, he's I was shocked at how how much bigger Kevin Holland looked at him. I, I thought I thought Ponzinibbio was one of the biggest hundred seventy pounders there were, but he looked tiny compared to Kevin Holland in there. So I don't know how big Kevin Holland is, but I thought they were fighting at eighty five. Like when I when I saw him out there, I was like, I wonder why Ponzinibbio moved up to eighty five. When I found out they're fighting at seventy, man, like he's. Holland is way bigger than him. Like, looks well, way bigger. He's just one of those long, skinny guys like Jones, like Bones Jones. I think he just, you know, yeah. and then, then of course, after the weight cutting, inflates back up. And it, but I mean, they're just long, thin guys that are also very, you know, densely muscular. So, I mean, it looks yeah. a little different once they get into that ring. But I think he's just, I mean, if he weren't a fighter, I think he would just be one of those super skinny, tall guys. By the way, I forgot to tell you guys, uh, in 10 minutes, uh, Josh Stay Down Watson is going to be joining us. Um, he's the guy that just knocked out Greg Hardy in their bare knuckle boxing fight. Um, and he's going to be fighting Ben Rothwell uh, on uh, the next, on the undercard of uh, Luke Rockhold against Mike Perry, which, by the way, the winner is now fighting Darren Till of Luke Rockhold. I thought Mike Perry's next fight was with Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Did we not just? It wasn't that. I thought that was in a press release. Maybe I saw something else. Dude, uh, dude, Luke did Rock you guys see uh, Mike Perry talking shit to Luke Rockhold back and forth, and then he messed up something he said, oh, and yeah. uh, Rockhold was like, "How can I be giving you opportunity and be 
the one that's giving you your biggest challenge or whatever. He goes, what up, man? You're not good with words either. That was the funniest line ever. Like Mike Perry said, whatever. You're not good with words either. He's like, not uh, good. He Luke, like, Rockhold oh, goes, Luke Rockhold goes, he, he said to him, he goes, I'm in the best shape of my life. And I can't wait to see, uh, I can't wait to everyone to see how much worse I got. That's what Rockhold said. <laughs> you know, these are fighters at the end of the day. See, this is what happens when McGregor raised the bar on shit talking. You know, now it's the same thing happened with Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was an incredible talker, and then everybody else tried to do it, and it was just garbage. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was the funniest, the worst shit talker. The funniest, what's his name? The guy, there was a guy that used to drink beers on the way to the ring. Remember that guy? He was from I forgot, the 30s. South America, and he would drink his smoke cigarettes, Mayorga, and he would drink beers like on the way into the ring, and then win. And then he, and he had the worst technique: throw gang punches, but it wouldn't be like beat Vernon Forrest, like beat Fernando Vargas. But he lost to De La Hoya, whatever. Anyway, first time he's fighting Vernon Forrest, he goes to the to, to his corner, and there's an interpreter, right? And, and this guy just everything is like motherfucker, fuck you, fuck. And then all of a sudden, the interpreter goes, "That black gentleman." He hits hard. You know he did not say black gentleman. Like, like you know that's not what he said. <laughs> but the interpreter said that black gentleman hits hard. I was like, this is bullshit. He cleaned it up for the translation. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So Raul Reyes, who I look, the UFC, I understand. Rosas. I uh, Rosas, Raul Rosas. I understand, like. It sounds and looks really good if you sign a 17-year-old. You're like, oh, this is the prodigy. But there's a reason that people don't get signed when they're 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, even 22. I mean, it's you gotta. So they sign this kid who seems to have one way of fighting, which is he'll just strangle you because he's big and he's good at jiu-jitsu. But of course, that's not going to work against everybody. And it didn't work against this guy. And he kind of got exposed. And it was... Like it was weird. It was, oh, man. You you got to give people. Hey, what, he's a handsome son of a bitch, though. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. That's right. And there's no better place to get on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book and official partner of Major League Baseball. And guess what, people? New customers in Massachusetts getting in on the action with $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. And finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. I love it, okay? If I'm going to bet, I'm going to go on FanDuel. So now, bet on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get $200 of bonus bets. Win or lose. How great is that? Okay. Visit fanduel.com slash Boston and make every moment more. That's FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. You got to be 21 and older uh, and present in Massachusetts. Okay. Your first online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable and bonus bets that expire in 14 days restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com help is here so is hope hope and help 
gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. That's FanDuel. Check it out now. Right now. You want to bet? That's where you go. I got to talk to you about HelloFresh. First of all, what is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get fresh farmed, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You got to skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Number one, all right? You can make mealtime easy with delicious recipes made with fresh, wholesome ingredients delivered to your door. No lines, no hassle, no gas, all that other stuff that you have to get there. No, just great tasting meals you can whip up and enjoy in the comfort of home. Sounds good to me. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from for all meal occasions, lifestyles, and preferences, okay? Take your pick from meals like soy glazed salmon with rice or mushroom and chive risotto. That sounds delicious. I'm in. Now, me and my wife, we've been doing home-cooked HelloFresh, and it has been delicious, delicious, okay? It saves us time. It saves us money. We're in. So just go to HelloFresh.com slash Roasted60. Use the code Roasted60 for 60% off plus free shipping, okay? HelloFresh.com slash Roasted60, all right? HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go check it out. I mean, Don, were you ready for the UFC at 17 years old? Don? No, not me. No. No. I know. No, I was not. Hell, they Jackson Winkleman just signed just signed a 13-year-old kid. Um kid named Kobe. I can't remember his last name, but buddy of mine in the Kips over there in New Mexico. This kid's you know, his dad's a rancher. And uh, he's won a bunch of those NAGA tournaments, you know, yeah. and BJJ tournaments. So they signed him. He's 13 years old. It's just insane. Uh, you say MAGA? Well, you know, that's the thing is, you have to say MAGA tournaments? Are they having those? Interesting. <laughs> it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun watching someone try and fight an AR-15. NAGA, NAGA. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the thing is, you know, it's funny. People, America is youth obsessed and we're always, we love phenoms. We're always looking for a phenom. You know, occasionally you get one in the Tiger Woods, you know, LeBron James type thing. But, you know, in the arts, it's very easy to pretend someone's uh, a, a a phenom because you only they only have to be kind of good and everyone has to pretend it's amazing. But because it's a matter of opinion. But with when it comes to fighting. Yeah. No, no one can, it's not a matter of opinion. No. You know, you got to go in there against somebody who's really spent the time and you're going to find out real fast. It's hard to be a phenom in fighting. Yeah, no. And that, this is what happens is that they find these guys that they're like, this guy's going to be a star. You know, he's Mexican. He's got a huge fan base. Everyone like blah, blah, blah. And, or the Patty Pimblets of the world. We're like, oh, this is the next Conor McGregor. But eventually you run out of people for you to beat, like with the Sage Northcuts and the and even like the Paige Van Zans, because if your style is not developed, you could only fight. It's like I knew the guy that was trying to match up Kimbo Slice. And they were like, you, you have to find someone with no grappling. And you got to find someone dumb enough to stand there and trade punches with Kimbo. Right. And yeah. 
that list just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So I don't know. I mean, look, this kid's probably got a huge future and it's just one fight and he goes back to the drawing board and he's young and this and that. But I mean, his standup is very underdeveloped. And once people realize that like he's going to gas out after the first round, now there's a, now there's a way to beat him. Um, there's a well, reason. They've got a whole crop of 17 year olds. They could try out for five. And all you got to do is go through Crystal Leah's phone. They got those <laughs> oh, contacts. Boy, there they it know, is. Know 17 year olds they could come up with out of that. But, um, yeah, well, you know, know, here's the thing, though. We are, I think, heading towards a place because it's one of those things where we kind of had to get far, far enough along in the sport to where there's this legitimate thing where you can make a lot of a real career and a lot of money out of it to where now you have parents that are willing to put in, you know, six-year-olds into starting this thing at a very young age to where when they get to 13 and 17 years old, they have a very, they have a real skill set that we've yeah. never seen before. You know, up until now, I mean, mostly someone was just like in karate as a kid or something until they would become a teenager. Then maybe they'd start boxing a little bit or they, you know, or they were in one single discipline until they're in their twenties. And then they would start expanding into becoming a mixed martial arts. So it was a much slower developmental thing before this. Whereas now, now we've reached a point where, you know, and the same with comedy. Comedy's evolved this way to where so many people are doing it now. You can watch so many hours in on YouTube. You don't have to wait till you're 18 so you can go sit in a club and actually study the craft. You can sit there and just watch hours and hours and hours of it on YouTube and begin to get a sense of the dynamics and everything like that. So it is one of those things where now you are going to begin to see younger and younger people with a higher level of mastery than we've ever seen before. So when you say there's a 13-year-old, yeah, and his dad probably started him in mixed martial arts at six years old, which heretofore simply didn't exist. Yeah, but you can't you know? buy. Yeah, but you yeah. can't buy. Yeah, but you can't buy experience though, and that's what happens. You got Sabinder tormenting them by the time they're six years old, so it's already building up the rage in them uh, to want to fight. Well, so, well, how old is the kid now? He's six now. The kid's probably what, like twelve or thirteen now. I don't know. Uh, it's I mean, that's what I'm wondering. How old is the kid now? I mean, because that was a while ago. So, I mean, what? that was in the kickboxing realm. So, I mean, this has the kid's got to be at least 12, 13 years old now. What What? what kid? What's his name? Fahaya's kid. Fahaya's kid. Oh, 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 that kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kid's got to be like 10, 11. Uh, all right. The Kelvin Gastelum. This was yeah. the old Kelvin Gastelum. I was super happy for him. Chris Curtis, I still don't. I, Sean, I'm with you. If he would just make 170, he could be the champion. Uh, he could be yeah. the champion at 170. I think he's too undersized for 185. Maybe if they make a 175, he can do it. If they ever did that, make a 55, 65, <laughs> 75, 85. But, man, it was a good fight. It was uh, – Curtis is upset because the headbutt was what really hurt him in the second round. And I think Curtis has like a that's – that's actually pretty true. But at the same time, they both got headbutt. So it was just right. that Kelvin's head is just harder. <laughs> so they just clashed heads <laughs> and one guy went down. Uh, but I'm happy for Kelvin. I'm happy that he won. He's super good sport, super good friend. Uh, what did you think of that fight, Don? Uh, shit. I can't remember it. I can't remember. I was sitting there watching it, but I don't remember it. Sorry. Sean? Uh, I was really impressed. A lot of people forget that uh... – What's his name? Gaslam almost beat Stylebender. I didn't almost beat him, but he gave him he yeah. gave him all he had, all he could handle. Man, he can that dude can fight if he can make 
70 uh, get in shape. And I don't believe that there's no way, I don't care how bad his genetics are. If he got with the right dietitian, he could make 70, you know? And uh, if he could, he'd, he'd be tough to beat at 70, man. He's tough to beat at 85, but he'd be really tough at 70. So uh, we got a guy coming with us right now, Josh Watson, who I've known for years. So this guy comes to my show. He's this huge guy with a head tattoo who looks like he's like, you know, in one of those gangs in the Sons of Anarchy, like the white guy gangs. Like he just looks scary as fuck. And, and when I meet him, he's like the nicest guy. I mean, just and I was like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a fighter, too. Uh, he was in Ganu's training partner. So which is crazy because sounds like fun. Like, who signs up to be Francis Ngannou's training partner? Uh, well, this guy, Josh Watson, uh, coming off the biggest win in his career. You were, what, an 8-1 to one underdog? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was uh, plus, plus 545 when I walked down the ramp, and I think uh, he was, like, minus 700 or some shit. Oh. Now, how many people were telling you that Greg Hardy was going to get your – you were going to get your ass kicked by Greg Hardy? Honestly, not many. Um, I uh, a lot of people, a lot of people that know me, and a lot of people that are uh, close in the organiz organization. They all really felt that I could do it. They all had a lot of confidence in me versus him. I don't know if it was just because they all finally got to meet him, and they were just not that impressed with him the week of you know media day and all that stuff or whatever but i just walking around the hotel i kept getting a lot of like that uh that confidence nod and like you got this like there was a lot of people there for me now like i was That's telling awesome. people, now when i when i when i met you uh i think it was at a show you were like the nicest dude and you told me you were in ganu's training partner uh yeah. who signs up for that <laughs> um i did while sitting on the toilet <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah, I was um I was flipping through my phone and I had noticed um that Ngano had uh had been hitting mitts with uh my coach John Wood and all of a sudden I saw the uh the announcement when he was supposed to fight um um uh ah, Black Beast. Um yeah. Derek yeah. Lewis. Derek Lewis, thank you. And I was like, shit, there's nobody at the gym. His for that size and at that point in time i hadn't been training for probably like a good year year and a half just kind of being lazy and i just messaged john i was like hey do, do you need a fat body and <laughs> i guess i i absolutely do and i'm like all right cool but i'm not sparring with the guy i'm like i'll do all the groundwork i'll you know i'll grapple do all that stuff because i just don't need him trying to knock my head off considering I was coming off of uh, bicep surgery and hadn't thrown a punch in probably two years. So wow. what happened? Uh, we just, um, I went in and we just grappled. I mean, he was um, very humble, you know, like uh, in the sense of just, uh, remember how when, um, when Kimbo did the ultimate fighter and yeah. he was very like, absorbed a lot of information everything you told him he was just like yes okay okay and he would put it to use kind of in the same sense he would uh you know you'd show him something and he would drill it drill it drill it and then come back three days later and we'd be rolling and he would actually do the you know the move he you know was told to work on so stuff like that you know like it, he, he absorbed it pretty well
By the way, Josh, you're on the podcast with hilarious comic Greg Wilson, Sean McCorkle, McCorkle, who has a a victory over Mark uh, Hunt in one minute, and the legend Don Fry. So you're in good company. Uh, Don Fry, McCorkle, Greg Wilson are all here with you. so now you're you're from Maine. I, I I went to high school in Maine. You did? Yeah, I went to the Hyde School in Bath, Maine. Okay, uh, three years. Uh, yeah, three <laughs> and you're he was the eighth you're, grade champion. And you're from Four Boney times. Eagle, huh? Yeah. Did you wrestle or play football or? I, I wrestled. Uh, I played football all the way through. Then I ended up playing college football at University of Maine. Um, I wrestled one year. Um, I was not in school at the same time as uh, Matt Brown, Mike Brown. Mike Brown, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so. You we, ever wrestle we, uh, Jakunski? He was the big guy, this guy Jakunski. Anyway, forget it. So you 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 uh, you played football Jukonsky. all four. You played football all four years in Maine. Yep. No, at Maine, no. Uh, sadly, um, I played two years and then I got too many concussions and I kind of got kicked out. Got it. Got it. Got it. And then you moved. And I started to- fighting. And then I moved on to fighting. Wow. <laughs> then he was like, I'm going to go spar with Ngannou since I have these yeah. concussions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Smart move, right? And all your fights, by the way, Don, all his fights, he's, he's got seven fights. I think he's like five and two. They're all the wins are, in, are by knockout and losses are by knockout. Uh, one submission victory. One, one submission, submission victory. But you've never went the distance. Never. Wow. That's crazy. And you've only been to the second round twice. Wow. And wow. You're, fighting, and you're fighting Ben Rothwell, who um, Ben Rothwell looked – you're not fighting Ben Rothwell? What happened? I got hurt. You got hurt? Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I got strapped. What happened to you? Um, I got a bad back. Um, I, I got hurt. We played it off. Uh, look at the disappointment in your face. Um, played it off. Took it easy week. Started coming back, and then um, got rolled back into starting a training, and then heard it again. Um, so in the span of in the span of three weeks, I only got like three training sessions, and and even still, now I'm almost two weeks from the second time I heard it, and uh, I'm still not even hundred percent right now. Don, is Josh a huge pussy or what? So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna say it looks uh, like Don's. I'm ashamed of him. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know who? You know? You know who can really help you with your you back? Know it, brother. You know McCorkle. It. McCorkle's a great. He's an expert when it comes to helping his back. McCorkle had the. the yeah, yeah, I, can, I can tell you all the things that will not work to help your back for the next <laughs> ten years because I've done them all. I've been True to story. Germany twice. I've been. I've done everything you can do. I got all kind of stuff that will not help your back. So. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the hard part with it because everybody's like, oh, well, have you done this? Have you done this? Should you do this? Do this? And it's like I've uh, I got diagnosed when I was 16 or 17 with a uh, degenerative disc disease. Um, yeah. Like it's not. And the thing is, is like um, it's not like um, you see like a lot of like big, heavy guys that like work out a lot and they're at the gym like, oh, I got degenerative discs. Fuck you. You don't. You just have a bad back from having shit form. I have a. Uh, blood disease that if I don't do anything, my back just fucking falls apart. Apart. So actually, Oof. the best thing the best thing for me is weight resistant training. Um, so that's one of the reasons I've always stayed active. 
Uh, but the only problem is, is I could be a hundred percent and I could sneeze and I'll put my back out. Damn. So it's just always, always, always something I'm guarding something, you know, and that's why I moved from doing MMA to just the bare knuckle boxing because it's a whole lot less, um, strain and, you know, push and pull on my back, just throwing punches. Damn. That makes sense. If you go to a doctor and have your back checked, you'll find out you're a drug addict too. I found out repeatedly from doctors that I was just a drug addict and it had nothing to do with the multiple ruptures all up and down my spine and all the uh, 68 cortisone injections and all the stuff I had done. It's all just that I want pills. So I started taking a bunch of Percocet with me every time I go to the doctor and pull them out. Like I got 60 right here, not looking for pills. Just want help with my back. So, yeah, it's a, I love the drug addict speech. I've been given that. I don't even smoke weed. I don't drink. I don't do anything. But I get the drug addict speech about once a month. So I get I get the alcoholism speech um, only because, oh, yeah, because yeah, that's the one that, I, that, that actually helps me. Because, like, when I hurt my back, it'll get completely locked up and I can't even move. And uh, my chiropractor, she'll, you know, fight me and it hurts and tears. And then I'll just go, like, on a two-day bender. And then I'll come in to see her again and everything will just like crack, 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 pop. And she's like, oh, what did you do? And I'm like, I was drinking. It relaxed everything. Everything calmed down. And- I, I've not tried that yet, but I might. That might be my it's, life. It's, honestly, like it's, it's, it's better than a, like for me, like a muscle relaxer doesn't really work. Just the yeah. like having a few drinks just calms the, everything down and lets me actually get manipulated. And yeah. Now, uh, by the no, way, it sucks. I, I was really by the looking way- forward to this fight. I've received both of those speeches, but for the right reasons. So <laughs> I get it. How's your back? How's your back doing? My back's fantastic. I didn't even have back problems. It's amazing. By the way, I got to so Josh. Uh, you came to the MMA awards and you brought your son. You got like a fourteen-year-old son to thirteen. He he just turned thirteen. Really sweet kid, right? I mean, just a, a really cute kid, and you guys are like super close now. When, when you show up to like parenting events and you have head tattoos and you have tattoos all over your neck and you're a bare knuckle boxer, how do the other parents react? Um, you know, like I, I'm in Las Vegas. There isn't very many parenting events. They're just stuff like that. This doesn't really happen. <laughs> Half the time, the, the teachers want to do the parent teacher conferences over zoom. And then that's where I'm just like, a dick and I just don't want to do it um, just because they want to like meet at like seven in the morning. I'm like, why? They're like, well, we're not in class yet. And I was like, cool. I'm asleep. Yeah. Like that just doesn't work for me. And I don't know, like the teacher, one of the instances she's like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I send home that packet to show you how to help him with his math. And I'm like, let me stop you right there. That's not my job. Your job is to teach him math, not mine. If you can't teach him math, I'm not going to do it. So do your job better. And she just ended the conversation. She was like, all right, have a nice day. She said, not, she said, I'm a package on how you can do her job. That's awesome. You know what you could do is you could teach, you could teach your son math and then I wouldn't, I won't have right. to. How's that sound? Right. Exactly. If it's so, if it's so easy that you give me this much of an explanation on the front page that I can help him with the entire week of homework. Shouldn't you be able to do it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, are you still married to his mom? No, no, no. That one, uh, that one's kind of funny. Um, 
<laughs> well, not funny, no. But uh, no, <laughs> career funny in the sense of the career was going awesome. Like I moved to Las Vegas for fighting. Um, everything was going in the in the perfect direction. Um, I was making my way down, scary enough to middleweight, and uh, you know, life happens. Mothers cheat and marriages. Yeah, ruined. bunch so, of whores. Yeah, they're a bunch of whores. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, but it, 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 it sucked because uh, it, it derailed the entire career. I I, try, I, I figured I was just going to try to be a parent uh, and um, a father, and I stopped chasing the fighting career because. I was training six, seven days a week. I was working. She was a stay-at-home mom, and she was super unhappy. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's try to work on this. It didn't work. Like, I stopped training for, I think, like nine months, and she did it again. So I was like, all right, then we're done. And then I just got had gotten really, really fat, and then she took my kid for a few months, and it just massively derailed everything. So now I weigh 100 pounds more and fight super heavyweight. What kind of a psychopath would hook up with your ex and knowing that you're the baby daddy? Like, um, <laughs> well, uh, she obviously doesn't tell nobody who I like that, but uh, it's it's actually kind of funny. Um, uh, people in motorcycle clubs, the same kind of person, really. Um, oh, oh, god, but she always hates it because I always befriend them and always like walk over and shake their hand and and uh, talk to them and like. Well, I'm a bartender, and like they'll he'll come over to my bar and hang out and have drinks, and we'll just bullshit. Yeah, but hey, where guy. where are you a bartender? I'm going to be in Vegas this weekend. Uh, Mangoes. It's um it's off uh, Vegas Drive and uh, Rainbow, little gaming bar, neighborhood bar. But if you came Friday. over and you were like, "Hey, I want to shake your hand," you fucked my my wife. I I I, I would think that I was going to die. Like this was like no, nah, it's more like thank you for calming her down and giving her a reason to like not be to direct her pissed off anger towards you as her boyfriend yeah. and not as me as her ex, right? That's, dude, that's the my divorce lawyer told me. Swear to God, my divorce lawyer told me when my ex wife first got a boyfriend, said he is your best friend in the world because all her hatred is headed his way. So just keep being nice to him, keep letting it go because he's going to take the brunt of it. It was the best yep. advice I ever got. Now, but Don, and, didn't and, you, and, Don, didn't you show up at like somebody's house uh, and they had like a dog and you knocked at the door and it was like it was like a transgender or something? Me? Yeah, didn't remember Don was telling us a story, right? Sean, I feel like you're mixing a couple stories together on this one. Remember you <laughs> yeah, shot I think so you, too. Yeah. You shot up a case of Bud Light. Don't you remember, Don? Don't you remember that? No, you said you went to somebody's house who was banging your ex, and the guy wouldn't let you in. Yeah, exactly. What happened? Yeah, right. He 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 opened up the door. I had sunglasses on and my hat, ball cap on, and he opened up the door about this much, you know. And I moved moved my hat. I says, Is, uh, Chad here? And he goes, Ugh. He slammed, click, hear lock, lock, and then all of a sudden you're a thud. Like he fell down, you know, and he's searched. Don got the knockout with two words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She she moved up in the world. So. Just, just a complete pussy. 
So, so Josh, your first bare knuckle fight didn't go well. 30 seconds. You got caught right away. Got yep. caught. Oh, yeah. The second one, you knocked the guy out in 15 seconds. Uh, 40-ish, but yeah. And the third one, you knocked out Greg Hardy. Uh, yep. Now, but you told me you were retiring after this. Are you retiring or no? <laughs> I was supposed to retire like two fights ago. Until the next uh, fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's like the ongoing joke. Uh, now, before I fought... Uh, uh, as you can tell, I'm amazing with names. Um, McElroy, uh, I was supposed that was gonna basically be like my last one because it should be my last one, you know. Obviously, my body's shit. Uh, but as the camp was going on, I was feeling amazing. Everything was getting dialed in good, and closer to the fight came, I was like, yeah, probably not. And then after the fight, everybody's like, well, you can't. Like that was too good of a fight. You you can't retire. And I was kind of on the side of like, yeah, you're you're right. And then obviously after Greg Hardy, it's like you have the 50-50. Everybody's, you know, part of people are like, well, you can retire now because you have that feather in the cap. Like you've done something and, you know, you've done something amazing. So be happy with your career. And then the other part of it is you have so much now on the horizon. You have so much momentum going for you. You're finally in that place of a, of your career to make money and, and do the right thing and, you know, like make moves. And I'm like, yeah. And then, I mean, within, I mean, I was already getting the Rothwell offer before the night was over. Like, like there, there's a picture of me reaching through the uh, ropes, yelling at uh, Dave Feldman, telling him to give me the, uh, the bonus, the knockout of the night bonus. And right then and there, he said, no, I have something bigger and better for you next month. Like he already at that point in time, he was saying Rothwell. And then I, before the night got over, he he asked me, he's like, sorry, what do you think about fighting, uh, fighting Big Ben in Denver? And I'm like, that's 11 weeks away. At this time, my face was just mangled and I'd just gotten stitches and I got the aches and the pains. And I'm like, I don't know, like that's kind of close i know i have to get at least at least one mri if not two like we'll see if my body can do it and he kind of like gave me that like oh come on look and i'm like i'm not being a pussy i'm being real and i'll even be honest like just probably in the last week my eyebrows stopped being sore you know like Jeez. yeah wow. so, so well you come to the right spot because we are experts on career advice here so uh <laughs> Sean McCorkle. This guy's name is Josh. His nickname is Stay Down, by the way. Josh, stay down, Watson. Stay down. <laughs> stay down. So best advice Mickey ever gave Rock. So Rock. So McCorkle, what should Josh Stay Down Watson do with his career? I think he should protect his back at all costs. And I'm glad he got stay down across his knuckles because I used to know a guy who had love and hate across his fingers, and one of them got cut off, and it said love and hat. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, Greg Wilson, your advice for Josh Daydown Watson. Listen, I I think you made the absolute right choice deciding to, you know, if you weren't, you, you knew you weren't, that was, they weren't treating you right, asking you to turn right around and fight like that. That's not fair. You know, if anything, it speaks more about them than about you, but you did the absolute right thing. And, you know, if you're the bartender at Mango's, I feel like I'm going to fit right in. <laughs>
Uh, it's definitely not someplace that I'm going to uh, stand out at all. Uh, I'm sure everybody looks just like me. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to hanging out with the locals there at Mango's later on this week. Awesome. Awesome. They're gonna hang. They're gonna hang you upside down. You use the pinata. I know. I'm gonna be like, hey, tell them to stay down. Tell them to stay down. Uh, Don Fry, what should Josh stay down Watson do with his career? Keep going, but stay away from women. You know, don't get married again. Just, <laughs> just use them. Just use them for one thing they're good for, uh, and then move along. Uh, thank you, Don. I'm not I would like to know what that one thing is. I, I don't. All right, what's the one thing? <laughs> Bruce Buffer's wondering too. Bruce Buffer's like, what are they good for? Josh, uh, yeah, I think that they would. You know, if you're hurt, they were trying to build up Rothwell quick, and if he if he beats the guy that beat Greg Hardy, that's a fucking big thing for him. So I'm happy. You actually were like did the right thing. If you're gonna train three times, you can't fight Ben Rothwell. It just can't happen. Um, at the same time, I met your girlfriend. She's beautiful. Uh, no, I didn't meet her. There was some girl you were with uh, at my show who I thought. All right, forget it. That time she was. That, that was my girlfriend then. <laughs> all right, so you guys are okay. Hey, <laughs> Uh, she was uh, his girlfriend till 1130. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've not brought the same girl to your show twice. Yeah, there's a, they're always, but they're always look alike. They're all like super. They got tats, nice titties. A lot of them have like the nerd glasses uh, and like brown hair. They all have, they all have a similar. They look like they've been through some shit. They've had some fucked up exes. <laughs> Um, maybe they're like tattoo artists or something, or like you know hairdressers. They're they're always in that like you know style of chick. Um, so uh, good man, but you're a good dad. That's the because anytime I like go like anytime I go, I'm taking my kid to the science museum. Josh is always like, oh my kid loved that place, or I'm taking oh, my yeah, kid. yeah 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 yep like like a super good dad, uh, which is cool. I would hate to be uh, do you, do you only have one kid or no? Only one. I hate to be. Imagine he had like a daughter, and like you, and like you're dating his daughter. Like that would be the worst situation. <laughs> Fucking this guy shows up, bare knuckle boxer. Uh, no, did Greg Hardy say anything to you after the fight? Um, nope he um, he was he was all good in the back room. Um, called me a fucking savage, and you know, and we hugged it out. And he was very pissed off, and I mean, pissed off enough to where he made the he didn't stick around the uh, arena. Uh, when he left the locker room, he went straight to the driver and was like, take me back to the hotel. And the driver's like, oh, we don't leave until, you know, such and such. He's like, take me back to the fucking hotel now. And the driver's yeah. like, all right, I guess. <laughs> so the driver, the, the next day, the driver was pissed off because he missed the uh, the Trout and Sanchez fight. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I can't say I blame him, though. I mean, if I. Yeah, got, no, he's going to stick around. If I got knocked out like that, that would be. Uh, that'd yeah. Be well, listen, I, Josh, uh, I'll be in Vegas in a couple of weeks. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, you're great. Where can people follow you? Instagram mostly. Stay underscore down underscore Watson. Stay down Watson. Well, thank you, Josh. And uh, take care, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Later, later, guys. I think I think Greg's uh, right. I think Greg's uh, his phone died. Um, but uh, nice guy, huh? Josh Watson. Sean, yeah, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, very yeah, nice. Guy. Guy. 
Yeah, yeah, just a fucking beast of a man. Like, fucking crazy. Like, Ngano's looking for partners. Like, I'll sign up. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spar. People used to always think I was a pussy because I never wanted to spar real hard when we were doing it for free. I was like, dude, I'm not trying to take head trauma for free. You know what I mean? Like, if you guys, like, Tim Sylvia would want to get in there and they want to hit 100%. I'm like, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not into that old style, old style training, man. Like I'm, I want my teeth to stay nice, you know. Like I'm not trying to get teeth knocked out for free. So, so uh, over the weekend, it got announced that Juliana Pena is fighting Nunez again uh, for the title in Vancouver, Canada. I hope Juliana wins. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, but I hope she wins. I, really- I know, uh, I know, she lost last time. What happened? I can't remember that fight. Did Nunez knock her out or how? No, she like knocked her down a bunch of times and she beat her up pretty bad. But you said that Juliana was in position to submit her at least like six times, but didn't do it. But it was uh it was like 50 45 across the board. There wasn't a round Juliana won. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch it. I can't I can't remember. But but she had heart. She had a lot of heart. Um and then yeah. this this week, Arnold Allen is fighting Max Holloway. Uh so that's gonna be a good fight. <laughs> Uh, you probably don't know who Arnold Allen is, do you? Uh, I know the name, but I can't picture it. No, I know Allen Alloway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Arnold Allen's a really good fighter. I think he's from he's from England, um, and uh, he's a he, he's a good fighter. He's like I think he's got one loss, but it's a it was it was a close fight, and um, so that's that was really good. Uh, also, um, Gilbert Burns accused Masvidal of greasing in their fight. Uh, but it might have just been like from his hair. But now he's saying uh, he apologized. Right. So maybe he... Did you ever fight anyone who was greasing, Don? Yeah. 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 It's funny. It's funny. It's hard to get hold of him, I'll tell you that. It's real hard to get hold of him. Like, who was, who like was resting, resting a fish, you know? <laughs> who was oh, it? shit, I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. That, uh, that, that, uh, the cow, that Jeff, the he's just a piece of shit. Uh, also, Esten Barboza is taking on Billy Quarantillo. That should be a good fight this week. Dustin Jacoby, Tanner Bozer, who's from Canada, uh, he's fighting Ian Kudalaba. That should be a good fight. Bozer's got a, he's like an old school fighter, kind of like a Rockwell kind of fighter. Um, and Zach Cummings, a guy you went on tour with, all right, Sean? Yeah. He's fighting yeah. Ed Herman. He's fighting Ed Herman. Um, so, is Ed Herman still fighting? That's how man. He's got to be what mid forties, right? Yeah, he's fighting Zach Cummings this week. It's uh, crazy. Ed Herman is twenty five and fifteen, and Zach Cummings is twenty four and seven. So, should be a good fight. Uh, I like that fight because two got two guys. Yes, he's not training with James Krause anymore, right? No, Krause is uh Krause has like been banished. Like even if you've like if you've ever like That's crazy. If you even know James Krause, you can't fight in UFC anymore. Like it's like it, dude, it's that is insanity. Like you can't even you can't even rent a house from him. Like you like it's <laughs> if you say his name three times, you disappear. Like, you say, like, that's, yeah, it's, it's, like your your UFC contract disappears, so do your endorsements. No, you like you uh, vanish, like you just like you just go poop, <laughs> like a bunch of smoke. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Don, what? How is your uh, your podcast with Chavo Guerrero? It went real good, man. Real good. Chavo's a 
that was a blast. You know, my cameraman, he's, you know, Martinez, uh, Tony Martinez. So he's, he's a Mexican American. So, you know, he just had the big fan, fan face going the whole time, you know, ah, his job. couldn't wait to kept interrupting so you could talk to him, you know, <laughs> Did he have the it's mask awesome. on or no? I think if Chavo sends him a pair of underwear, if Chavo sent him a pair of underwear, um, Tony was wearing on his head for a month. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, uh, Sean, what do you got coming up? Do you, do you sell that dog or no? Uh, did I sell a dog? The last one. Yeah, the, last yeah, the, one, yeah, the one I had left. Yeah, I've sold that one. Uh, I got just went and got another MRI. I, uh, I found out a trick. If you take three Xanax before you go in to get an MRI, you don't really care if you're claustrophobic or not. So, wow. um, yeah. You drove, so I, uh, you drove 14 hours, right? Uh, no, no. Actually, I drove today. I drove for something else. I was for something else. Um, but uh, no, I, I did an MRI. I want to say yesterday or the day before. I can't really remember. It's all cloudy since the Xanax. But um, yeah, I think I did yesterday, but yeah, so I got that, and I'm hopefully going to uh, the Mayo Clinic sometime next month, I hope, so nice. so they can go up there and tell me that I'm just a drug addict yeah. and I'm making it up we'll, we'll around the world. Now, Don, is that yeah. suspenders? Yeah. Are there guns in your suspenders or just suspenders? <laughs> yeah, there's guns. No, just not, not, not plural, but just uh, single, you know? <laughs> I was kidding. You really? Wait, wait, Don. Why are you doing a wait, Don? Why are you doing a podcast? Uh, Don, why? Why is there a gun on you during the podcast? Because I didn't bother to take it off. I didn't <laughs> take it off, dummy. Oh, but well, I'm the dummy. But you have a gun on you during a fucking podcast. But I'm the dummy. Well, like, like, who's? What are you, Yosemite Sam? Like. Are there people showing up to fucking... Yeah. Ruin them to I don't know what you just said. Like, that, that, all right. <laughs> that that looked like the gun that, uh, that was like the, it looked just like the gun that uh, Kurt Russell pulled out in, uh, in what's it called? Tombstone at the end. When it was like to the people, from the people of... Which is Huck County or something? I don't know. I don't Cold understand why you had a gun on you and your suspenders. Cold, cold you're not wait. Is it yeah. loaded? Is it loaded, Don? Yeah, of course. It gets unloaded gun. But hey. you shouldn't just have it in your suspenders. What if it goes off and shoots you in the foot or something? Then I'd get shot in the foot and I go to the hospital. <laughs> Don, you got to be careful, man. Uh, you just, I don't think you should have a gun on you during the podcast. I understand why you want to have a gun in your house and stuff, but like maybe check the suspenders. Are you, are you fucking nervous now? Are you, for are you. you I'm nervous for you. Nervous now, sweetheart. I just don't understand why. God, you know, am I? Adam, it's your fault for starting a game mid Russian roulette. Like, you shouldn't have started the podcast when you're right in the middle of the game of Russian roulette. Like, we should have, should have let him finish up. Yeah. Like by himself, he's playing too, not even with anyone else. Like he's just fucking clicking it. Yeah. I, so wait, so you put on this. <laughs> that way. You put on the suspender this morning to get dressed and didn't notice there was a gun attached to him. No, I knew I had the gun unattached in the morning, and then after I got dressed, and I put the gun on for the pod, for the podcast. 
No, I've been doing other things. You think I sit around on my ass all day long no. waiting for the fucking clock to turn 11 o'clock so I, I can listen to your chilly shit? Uh, no, I Sean, oh, I'm just, so, so Sean. excited. I'm so Adam Adam Hunter's gonna call me. Adam Hunter countdown. Ten, nine, eight. Oh my god, it's getting close. I'm so excited. No, I, I, I'm happy that you're not that excited that for, oh anyway, listen, just be careful with the gun, okay? Sean, I mean, any 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 comments about the gun and his suspenders during the podcast? Uh, I've got a gun in almost every room in my house, so I'm not one to be giving advice on on, uh, on guns. I just always, even when my son Thank was you. little, to come over, I always told him, uh, make sure all your friends know the guns are loaded. So if they see a gun anywhere, it is loaded. Don't touch it. Yeah, so, yeah. That's great yeah, parent. That's exactly. great parenting. That's great parenting. That That's what I try to do. Do they want some milk or something? Anyway, listen. Uh, <laughs> so, Don, what do you have coming up? Oh, I got a couple more podcasts, and I've got uh, this coming weekend. I've got uh, Comic Con in South Carolina, and then uh, in April or in May, fourth uh, or sixth, I'll be in New Jersey for a signing with Frank Shamrock and Henzo Gracie. That's awesome. Um, then, yeah. Anywhere in particular in New Jersey or just Jersey? I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Jersey. I have right. no idea. Jersey's 20, 20, 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. Not, all right. Do you I'm know anything about Jersey? Yeah, well, I'm from Long Island, but I don't have I don't know where the Comic Con is. But I will look it up though and, and figure out where you are and tell everybody. Uh, okay, May eleventh uh, to the fourteenth, I am in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, <coughs> at the House of Comedy uh, in Phoenix. Uh, hopefully, I'll see Don there, uh, and he won't be loaded. Yeah, uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, have a good week. <laughs>